Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Hope everybody had a great week. Uh, we've got lots to cover. Um, obviously, some good and bad with tech basketball. We've got tech baseball to talk about, and we're going to talk more about the implosion of the uh, Pac-12 that looks like it's coming uh, soon to a theater near you. So let's let's jump into it. Let's talk. Start talking about with um, tech basketball and. We're going to take it in chronological order. Um, now, for those of you in Rio Linda, that means in time order. <laughs> and if you know where that what that reference is from, then, you know, you're cool. So, obviously, Tech had a great week last week um, when I last recorded. They had just defeated West Virginia. They went to Norman on Tuesday and got another victory, um, this time over Oklahoma, to extend their winning streak to four. Great game all around um, by, the, by the team. You know, J- Jalen Tyson has, and even in today's game, which we're going to get to in a minute, Jalen Tyson has really come on strong. And, and I think, you know, that's a perfect example of a player that, you know, he was, yeah, he's, he, you know, he was with the team last year, uh, practiced with the team last year, but, uh, you know, obviously wasn't, playing you know in any um actual competitive basketball and so you know i think there was a little bit of learning curve with him but he has really started to come on strong um you know it's been great to have pop isaacs back and you know pop isaacs does pop isaacs things which are fun to watch and i'm i'm gonna just continue to say it please 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 pop come back next year you know i'm excited I'm excited to see you for another year. Um, be awesome. Uh, but anyway, they they won on on Tuesday, and so the thing that I wasn't going to talk about last week, and I'm probably not. Well, I am going to utter it this week because I do have a question uh, from the Twitter Twitter sphere about it. Um, became a little bit more of a potential reality. Um, you you moved after the Oklahoma game. You moved firmly on the bubble leading up to yesterday's TCU game. And unfortunately, uh, you lost to TCU yesterday. Another, I mean, it was another close heartbreaker of a game, very similar to the Oklahoma State game, very similar to the first TCU game. And just, yeah, a f- frustrating game. You know, Tech started off, uh, it, was a game, it was a game of runs, and Tech started off pretty strong. You know, TCU came back uh, pretty strong. And, you know, it looked like, with you know the like five to six minutes left in the second half that TCU was gonna gonna run away with the game, but you know credit Tech Tech came back and you know made a game of it. Tech takes the lead with like thirteen seconds to go, and we have a shooting foul called against um, Tech. Uh, I think it was against AMAC if I if I remember correctly. I think it most likely probably was a shooting foul. Um, yeah, frustrating. It's it's frustrating that they call that that foul when there were some other fouls that they missed all game long. I mean, you just you ask you ask for consistency, and when you don't get consistency, there's frustration, and there's def- there was definitely frustration there with the um, with that with that shooting foul call, but you know. T- TCU makes their two free throws. Um, Tech brings the ball in, uh, four seconds left, and 
they just they really weren't able to get a good quality shot off, and so they lose. And uh, the haters are back out again. You know, how, you know how dare Mark Adams not call a timeout? You know the the armchair quarterbacks, the Ryan Hyatts of the world. Yeah, I did say a name. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna stop now because well, I'm gonna stop now because he hacked me off this week. The way he treats his audience, and yeah. So anyway, the, the haters are back out. And yeah, um, I think I think the NCAA tournament. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think the NCAA tournament hopes are pretty much dashed. Um, you know, Robert Powell and, and credit Robert Powell. Um, he he always uh, he asks a lot of questions when I when I put it out on the Twitterverse. Oh my goodness! Sorry, squirrel. I'm watching the Tech baseball game. Poor Western Illinois, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. They they literally just dropped an easy pop out fly. Poor guys. Well, I don't feel sorry for them because they're playing tech. But anyway, uh, sorry, Robert Powell. I'm going to get back to your question. So uh, Robert Powell's question was, and this was before the TCU game yesterday. It was basically, you know, what does tech need to do to get into the tournament? And the way I would have answered it yesterday pre-TCU game, um, I would have said, obviously beat TCU, beat Oklahoma State, and then I think if you get – win one game of the tournament, I think you would have been in a good shape to get in. Um, that is off the table now after the TCU loss. Um, you you got to go to Lawrence on Tuesday, and I would love to say, oh, yeah, they're going to pull off the upset and everything. I, just, I don't see that happening. You know, Texas Tech, historically, they have won in Lawrence once in this basketball program's history. The national championship team, the one that got to the national championship game, did not win in Lawrence. In fact, they got boat raced. Um, so I, I don't see it happening on Tuesday. I'm still going to watch the game. And by the way, I'm still I'm still going to watch all the games, still a fan. I'm not going to jump ship like the Ryan Hyatts of the world and others and, and, then, and then bash viewers, uh, listener questions. So... He may, he's probably gonna he may he may call me out on Twitter, but I don't really care because um, he was a bozo. Here, I'm gonna go ahead and just tell you why I'm hacked with him. Um, so I am a regular watcher of Ryan High. Well, I was not anymore. I remember I was a regular watcher of his Facebook live cast, Twitter live cast, because um, I've I've always enjoyed listening to him. You know, um, I I think. He, I think we we tend to agree more than we disagree on stuff. But I asked a question on his live, you know, podcast live cast or I, I well, I wouldn't even ask a question. Basically, there was a there was a statement about Pac-12 realignment and I basically said something like, you know, this should be a cautionary tale for tech. And he proceeded to berate me and and basically acted like I was ignorant about how Texas Tech is, you know, it, I think Texas Tech's a poverty program. And he basically, you know, where do, he kept asking where I live, and he basically bullied me for the rest of that live cast. And it's not the first time he's done that to somebody. He did it to another, did it to a special needs kid um, a couple weeks ago that didn't want, didn't, didn't tow his Mark Adams uh, pitchforks line. So, and I'm not calling for Hyatt to be canceled because I'm not a cancel culture guy, but he lost a viewer in me and he lost a listener to his radio show in me too. Um, because 
I'm I'm not going I'm not going to sit around and and listen to someone act like a bully. So shame shame on him and you know whatever I I'm I'm going to get off the subject now and I can't believe I brought it up but here's what you need to know about my podcast people. I don't go by a script. Um I'm not FCC regulated and so I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. So anyway, we're going to get back to the tech basketball game. I'll leave the the roast of Mr. Hyatt for later. Um, so I think the NCAA tournament hopes are probably dashed at this point. I think what for them to get into the NCAA tournament, um, I think I think the bare minimum. Here's the bare minimum that what what you're going to have to do to get there is you're going to have to beat Oklahoma State next Saturday. I, I I'm already factoring out Kansas. I just don't see you beating Kansas. Um, I think you got to beat Oklahoma State Saturday. I think you have to probably go on a Big 12 tournament run. I think maybe at the very least to get to the championship game. And I don't think I don't necessarily think that will get you there. I think you would end up like A&M last year and be on the outside looking in. Um you would also need a lot of help. You you would need no bid stealers. So like all of these one bid leagues, you have to root for all of those one bid leagues to have, you know, the the favorite favorite win. Um, North Carolina, which is they they're kind of bubble. They're a bubble team. You you need them not to not to get in. Um, you just, you're, you're going to need a lot of help. And I, I don't see that happening. It's disappointing. That's why yesterday's TCU loss is so disappointing because you're, you dug yourself a massive hole and then you had been slowly, but surely digging yourself out of that massive hole. And now you're kind of almost back to square one. So it's just one of those, I mean, it's a lesson learned. You know, if 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 the Oklahoma game and Lubbock would have gone different, if the Oklahoma State game in Stillwater that you lost by one would have gone different, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And it's just it's just one of those deals. And I know I don't blame Mark Adams. I'm not calling for Mark Adams' head. You know, and and talk about fair weather fans. Because I mean, these same jack wagons that were that are calling for Mark Adams' head again after yesterday's loss, they were talking about, oh, they could be a Sweet Sixteen team. That's not crazy to say. But now they, the immediate amount when the immediate adversity takes place, they jump ship. It's amazing to me, and I just I have no use for fans like that. Okay, and I'm not saying coaches should never be fired, blah, blah, blah. No. There are moments when, yeah, you got to look at the the organization, the culture of a team, and you got to make a change. Having a season where you've struggled and you're probably not gonna you're not gonna make the NCAA tournament after what are we up to now? Five straight NCAA tournament appearances? I don't view that as a recipe 
for firing a coach. And I sure as heck don't view that as a recipe for besmirching a coach and besmirching and calling out players in an ugly fashion like I've seen on social media in multiple ways. That will never be acceptable to me. And I'll call it out when I see it. Now, back to uh, Robert Powell. I hope you're still listening because if you listen to me, you know I, I go off on tangents and squirrels. I think I think ultimately it's going to be a, a too long of a, a road to for this Texas Tech team to get to the NCAA tournament this year. I think that's why the TCU loss was so devastating yesterday is because I think you real it, it was a must win yesterday. Now you have to almost must win in Kansas um, to even get yourself to that point um, where you could be back in consideration again. Now, if let's let's be let's be crazy. Let's get dangerous and be crazy. If Kansas, or if Tech beats Kansas on Tuesday, and then they beat Oklahoma State on um, next Saturday, what would they need to do in the turn, Big Twelve tournament to get there? I think at minimum you'd have to win two games um, to get back to where you could potentially and, – and, and you would need help. No bid stealers. You'd need North Carolina to falter down the stretch as well. Um, I just – I don't see it happening. So – and now now the question turns to one of the dreaded three-letter words as dreaded as IRS and TEA and IT. And the big question is going to be, should Texas Tech – I mean, they're going to be uh, – they, they, they're going to get an NIT bid at this point. Um, should they go? I, I, I'm going to come off as a spoiled brat basketball fan. And I'm just – I don't – I don't see the benefit of going to the NIT. I really don't. Um, especially, and I know the argument's going to be, well, they can get, you know, your your young players can get more practice. Yeah, in a, in a world where transfer portal, one and done, NIL doesn't exist, yeah. That makes sense to say, oh, yeah, they can get more practice time. I don't see that being a benefit anymore for for a if you're in a power five conference i don't see the nit being any sort of benefit you know because you go on a run in the nit and you win it i mean are we gonna hang a banner up i mean i hope not (laughs) i would be per so i would be perfectly fine with if we don't get an ncaa bid which i don't think it's gonna happen saying yeah we're good now, do I think Tech will do that? No, I think Tech will will probably accept it in IT bid, and and I mean, you'll will host games at the USA, and if they get, I mean, if they get in, I hope they do well, I, and I hope they go on a run. But to me, the priority is re re recruiting your current roster and and ensuring that the teams or teams <laughs> that the players that you want to have stay next year stay are here. And I, I mean, I'll list them off. Pop Isaacs, Jalen Tyson, those two for sure. I want them to come back. Davion Harmon. Um, I I will tell you this. There's not, and, I, and I'm not going to list all of the players, 
But I, there's not really a player on, on this year's current team that I'm like, oh, yeah, I want them to leave. Because I, I, I think there's just a lot. There's so much potential in this team, and, and, and that's been the frustrating part this season is I think we're going to go – we're going to end this season with a lot of um, what-ifs with this team. And we've seen the flashes. In this four-game winning streak, we saw so much flash of how good this team could be. And that's what's going to be the frustrating part at the end of the season. And so I I certainly hope all of these players come back next year. Now, I'm a realist. Well, and I, we already know we're going to lose O'Banner because he's, he's graduating. Um, and I'm a realist. I know we're going to have Texas Tech players enter the transfer portal. And that's going to be that's going to be frustrating. Um I hope I hope Pop Isaacs and Jalen Tyson don't enter the transfer portal. Um I think you can build a core around them, you know. And 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 again you're going to have people coming out of the portal to Tech as well. You already, you've already had one. Um, you also have Drew Steffi coming uh, next year, and he's been really impressive in the high school basketball playoffs. So to me, above having an NIT bid, I think you, you, you need to ensure that you re-recruit the players you want to have come back next year, and you start working the portal, transfer portal, and the NIL to ensure – that takes place. Um, so, bottom line, I would not be offended if we don't go to the NIT, if we don't accept a bid. Yeah, people will say, well, that, you know, that's snobbish of, it, of us, blah, blah, blah. Again, I think there is more benefit to focusing that time on re recruiting your current roster and ensuring the people you want to have, you want to stay to stay. So, but again, if we, if we accept a bid, which I think probably tech will win the whole thing. I'm good with that too. So um, now the lady Raiders, I do want to talk about them just a little bit. Um, You know, they're kind of, they're kind of in the same boat as the men, um, they've they've kind of hovered in and out of the bubble all year long. First of all, I think we can all agree there has been growth from this Lady Raiders team from Krista Gerlich, uh, this Krista Gerlich-led team. And so Krista Gerlich, I've been so impressed with – and it doesn't surprise me. I, um, you know, you could tell as a, as a coach it was a good hire – by Kirby Hocutt. And finally, finally, Kirby Hocutt made a good hire in, in, in uh, women's basketball. Because Kirby, I'm just going to tell you, Marlene Stallings, horrible hire. Worst hire you ever made. By by far. Worst hire you've ever made. Worse than Matt Wells. Because, I mean, here's the thing. Matt Wells didn't win football games, but for every account I've heard, he was a stand-up guy, a classy guy. Certainly, you can't say the same about Marlene Stallings. So I'm so glad that you know they were able to make the hire and bring in Krista Gerlich. I think you've seen an upgrade in talent. 
with uh, you know the additions of you know the Bailey Moppins of the world and you know Bryn Gerlich's played really well. I'm, I'm I'm sad for that group, that senior group, that they don't get to most likely experience going to the NCAA tournament because I think we're going to look back a few years from now and that senior class will be the one that laid the foundation for rebuilding the Lady Raiders program because when Ger- you know Krista Gerlich was hired in in late August of 2020 you know remember the whole debacle mess that Marlene Stallings created here and Krista Gerlich was hired two months before her first season. And, you know, she, the last two years, she had to put band-aids and fix the gaping wound that was Lady Raider basketball. And she's done that. And she's, she's upgraded the talent and there's just, they're close. They're, they're just, they, they just haven't been able to completely break through yet. And I think they will. I think um, certainly, and, and, Make no mistake, there is a lot of awesome talent in this area in the high schools. You know, Lubbock Cooper and Monterey played to go to state. Amarillo High went to five overtimes with Monterey in the in back on last Tuesday. You got a lot of talent. If you just recruit this area, you're going to build a very special – and that's really what Marsha Sharp did. But I, I think you could do the same thing. And you're going to have a special program here. And, oh, Aliyah Chavez, I really hope she comes to Tech. Tech's going to be in a, in, a, in a war to get her because, I mean, the Connecticut's, the Tennessee's, South Carolina's of the world, they're all going to come after Aliyah Chavez to, to try to get her. But how awesome would it be to have, you know, Aliyah Chavez decide to stay here and and go to tech and be this be the centerpiece of a new lady raiders dynasty the beginning of it it'd be awesome so anyway i did i did want to say about the lady raiders i think i think they probably um ncaa tournaments out the window but i think for them and that's because you don't see transfer portal you don't see one and duns as much i think there is value for them to play in the wnit um, you know, it has been, it has been, I think ten, it's been, what, I think over 10 years now since Texas tech, the lady Raiders have gone to a postseason, And so I think you've got to install instill that culture again within, within the women's basketball program. And so I do believe there's value for them to go to the WNIT. Um, and so I, I, I hope that, I hope they go and I hope that, well, I hope they get a bid. And I hope they go um, for sure. And, you know, Krista Gerlich's building something special. She's, it's exciting. And it's just exciting to watch. Um, my first Texas Tech basketball game I ever went to was a Lady Raiders game back in, I think it was like 2002. It was, uh, it was Lady Raiders taking on Baylor. That's when they had Kim Mulkey, you know, the whiny crybaby woman that's now at LSU. Um, and, I was amazed when I went to that game and it was sold out. I'd never seen that before for a, a women's basketball game. I mean, because like, like, you know, coming from El Paso, you know, UTEP and it's changed to UTEP. UTEP has has done a lot better in, in their women's basketball program. Um, but 
no one went to UTEP women's basketball games when I was growing up. I mean, they, they really, I mean, they just, they didn't win very many games. Um, and again, credit their credit them now that in fact, I, they're better than the men's team this year for sure. And they've been probably in the last 20 years been better than the men's team. Um, so anyway, um, that's kind of where I see basketball headed right now. So, you know, tech Scott, Kansas on Tuesday, I think it's going to be a struggle. Um, but here's the thing about this team. They could have quit when they were 0-8, and, and they didn't. And I think that says a lot about the culture that Mark Adams has built. To all you Mark Adams haters out there, let me repeat that. Now, I'll say it even slowly, slower for you. The fact that this team didn't quit when they were 0-8 shows a lot about the culture that Mark Adams has built. And I know that I know they're going to they're going to have struggles Tuesday against Kansas. But I know they're not going to quit. And I think I think Oklahoma State still a win you can get. That'd be a great, you know, way to in in the home season in front of the home crowd and I think you can get it. And then, you know, who knows what'll happen? You get conference tournaments are wild and wooly. We've seen it before. But I still think it's gonna probably be a little bit too far of a road for them. So all right, let's switch gears, talk tech baseball. Um they are they're seven and oh. They are looking to go eight and oh and sweep Western Illinois. It is currently eight to four. This is hilarious. So I turned on the game um and it's four to four tech in like the third. I get up go to go to the bathroom. <laughs> So maybe like a minute, minute and a half, you know, I know TMI and I come back and it's seven to four. It's that quick. It's that quick with Texas Tech, you know, um, so they've looked impressive. And, and you know, let's talk about last week's uh, Gonzaga series. They sweep Gonzaga. Gonzaga is a good team. Gonzaga is probably going to be in the NCAA tournament this year and they they played really well and and I got to tell you pitching the tech pitching last weekend incredibly imp- impressive uh Molina uh Bo Blessy do we have another two-headed monster on our hands Trendon Parrish looked good too you know and and that to me that's the thing with tech where I think the missing ingredients for tech to like bubble up and and and, and burst through and get that elusive baseball national championship has been the pitching. And that's why it's it's still, oh, to this day, that biggest what if is the 2020 uh, Tech baseball season. Because they, I really truly believe that 2020 Tech baseball team had the pitching to win um, a national championship. And it was just, it's, it's the biggest what if ever. Um, and... You know, if if you've got Molina and Bo Blessy pitching, like they pitched last weekend against Gonzaga, and and they pitched pretty strong this last uh, this weekend as well against Western Illinois, you're you're cooking with gas there. You know, and Trendon Parrish, he was impressive last year, and then he got hurt, and that really I think screwed up. You know, the Tech pitching rotation. You know, you had your struggles on Sundays. Um, yeah. And we got another home run. Adios, muchacho. I love, by the way, when when uh, Jeff Axton does that. 
that's that's one of my favorite you know yeah dylan carter home run so oh by the way to all these morons on twitter that were criticizing the tech bullpen for celebrating a home run and getting on the fence and you know waving their whatever kiss it that's what i say but anyway yeah so i i think tech it's it's the fourth inning, so I'm not I I'm not gonna call it yet, but you know, at the very least you've you've won another series. This is gonna be an interesting week for Texas Tech. You've got a I think a very intriguing it's now ten to four, so I'm still not calling it because I if you know me, I don't call games. Um <laughs> but this is gonna be an intriguing week for Texas Tech. Um you've got a really intriguing uh midseason series against air force i think that's gonna be fun by the way have you ever have you seen like i've seen pictures of air force's baseball stadium byu too i i I would love that that's on my bucket list now i want to go to baseball games in those places because the view of the mountains it is it's it's fantastic and i like dan law field but they don't have a mountain view like they have up there, you know, in Air, Air Force and at PYU. So, but I, I think that's going to be a very interesting series for Tech. Um, I think Air Force is going to provide a challenge. And then you go next weekend to Houston. And what stinks is it's on like AT&T South, you know, give me $30 network, you know, for these games. So I'm not going to get to see them. But you you go to um, the the and I don't remember the name of the tournament. Well, it's not even a tournament. It's a classic. Um, At Minute Maid Field, you're going to open up with Rice, and then you're going to play Michigan, which I'm loving this, like, Tech Michigan. We're playing them, you know. Is is, is it a budding little I, – I don't know if we can call it a budding rivalry, but it's – it's fun to I, I think it's fun to play them. I'm I'm good. Let's have Michigan on the in fact, let's get Michigan on the basketball schedule because we need to kick their butt for the whole Shannon stuff. And then you know what? Jim Harbaugh, come on to Jones AT&T Stadium. We'll we'll play you too. So um so you get Michigan Saturday and then barring them wimping out, barring them sneaking out the back with their tails tucked between their legs next Sunday. You get the Colt from College Station, the Aggies. Oh, gosh. Poor Western Illinois just dropped another fly ball. These guys, I'm feeling for them. And, 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 and you know what? It's not bad fielding. It's, it's, a, it's a classic West Texas day. You, know, you might even be able to hear it with me recording. The, winds, the wind is doing what the wind does in West Texas. And I think these Western Illinois guys – aren't sure what to do here. So, but anyway, let's get back to the Colts of the dog college station next Sunday night. You get Texas A&M and I'm excited. I think this is going to be a really good measuring stick matchup for this Texas tech team. I, I think this Texas tech team has potential to do some special things. You've got talent. Pitching has been very impressive, but you haven't, I mean, even you know, Gonzaga was good. But, you know, Texas A&M was in the College World Series last year. And so you're going to get the opportunity to get a pretty good test against a very solid Texas A&M team. And I'm intrigued. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad I'm not going to get to see that on TV because, you know, I don't have AT&T South hand me $30 for a game money. But I think that's going to be a really fun matchup. And it's going to be – we're going we're gonna to know a lot, um, I think, after – 
this next weekend in Houston. Now, if they go out, if they go 0 for in Houston, is it over for this baseball team? No, because Texas Tech's done that before in baseball. They they'll go, you know, February and March, and they'll go to like a tournament like this or class. Um, I guess not a classic like this, and lose all three games. And then they'll come back. They'll put it together. You know, Tim Tadlock. This is what he does. He builds to his team being at the quality and at their best late April, May into June. But doesn't mean I'm not going to be excited about a matchup with AM because AM, they, they, they like to duck tech and I, you know, whatever, you know, but it, it'll be fun. So, all right, we're going to end. I can't believe I've rambled on for 32 minutes so far. Well, not rambling. It's, it's, Talent on loan from God. <laughs> um, we got one more thing I want to talk about, and it is the Pac-12, we'll just say mess. But here's something else that's intriguing. We might have some ACC mess coming. So Pac-12 still doesn't have a channel. Um, at this point, I've heard they're maybe negotiating with Zanga.com and MySpace to air their games. Um, at this, it's a mess. If I, I if you're Pac-12, you you got you got problems. Um, I I mean literally, the network Ion, which that used to be Pax, I think Pax TV. They supposedly are in a negotiation, so it's 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 rough going if you're the Pac-12. And you know the other big report has been. Potentially, Apple TV might step in, and they would be the one, the primary, um, primary provider for Pac-12 games. That's that's rough if that happens, but it's it's going to be continued bear watching because the, I think no, I think we can safely say no matter what. Big 12 teams, and it's important to note this. This is a Big 12 um, television deal that was signed last October without UT and OU being in the equation. And yet you're you're probably going to make, at the very least, double what the best Pac-12 television deal is going to provide for them. And... Brett Yormark has made it very clear he wants to expand to the West Coast. And so with that equation in play, will this be enough for Pac-12 teams to bolt? I think specifically the most for sure targets right now that the Big 12 is looking at is Arizona and Arizona State. And I think they're going to fit like a glove in the Big 12. I, I I am tickled pink if we bring them in. I think that'll be uh, two great additions to the Big 12 that would get you up to 14. Um, now here's the question. Would you take more Pac-12 teams? Um, so let's let's go through them, the, the ones that are left. Uh, Cal, absolutely not. In fact, do they even play football anymore or are they just protesting? No to them. Stanford, no to them. Don't want any part of them. 
Um, I, I like Oregon State. My friend Steve went to Oregon State. Shout out to the Steve Arito. <laughs> um, but I don't think they bring enough to warrant an invite to the to the Big Twelve. I, I just don't, and I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry for that. Washington State, kind of the same boat. I I I, I enjoyed Washington State when Leach was there. Um. Mike Price used to be there, and then he came to coach UTEP. You know, Drew Bledsoe, all that. But I, I think at the end of the day, they don't bring enough to the table to warrant an invite. So I would probably say no to them. Now let's get to the four teams I think most people have been talking about. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say no to Washington. I don't want Washington. I don't think they bring really anything. I don't want to go. I have to go to Seattle for for conference games. Um, I think that they are they and the next team I'm going to talk about. Well, there's three of the three teams I'm going to talk about that really I think have an incredibly inflated sense of what where their standing is in major college sports. Washington's one of them. Oregon, they're the other one for sure. Oregon, and, and here's the thing. When, when all this happened in the Pac-12 in the summer, I was like, dude, we have to go get Oregon because Oregon's got Nike. They got Phil Knight. They got Nike money. And, you know, that's a whole other debate, by the way. You know, people talking about should tech switch uh, brands. Um, I'm not really Nike. I, I kind of like Adidas. If tech would go to Adidas, I'd be fine. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, here's my problem with Oregon. One, I think Oregon – is not as valuable as they think they are because if they were the big twin, the big 10 would have already taken them. Um, two Oregon is coming off to me in all these negotiations as another potential UT. Like I think they, if, if we bring them in and Washington to a lesser extent too, if we were to bring them in, they would come in always with their eye towards leaving for the Big Ten. They, if the Big Ten ever came calling, they'd go. And so, and also I've heard rumblings that Oregon would want to be treated like special as far as revenue sharing and absolutely not do that, Big 12 We've already we've we had to do that all these years with Texas, and we saw what that led to. That led to Nebraska leaving, Missouri leaving, Texas A and M leaving, Missouri leaving, and it almost led to the the extinction of the Big Twelve because you gave Texas everything they wanted, their own stupid network and everything else, and yet they still bolted when given the chance. So I don't want to enter into that kind of relationship again with a university. So I, I would be a no to Oregon. Utah. So back in June, when all this came about came out about USC and UCLA leaving, I was like, yeah, Utah, let's get them in here. We can have Utah, BYU, Holy War, woo. But the Utah fans, they are delusional. Just because you've been to the Rose Bowl two times, Utah, you ain't Ohio State. 
You ain't Michigan. You ain't USC, Utah. You've forgotten where you came from. And I know where you came from because I grew up in El Paso. And I went to UTEP games. And you were in the whack with UTEP. And then you you bolted, went to the Mountain West. And then you lucked out when this Pac-12, when the Tech, Texas... Oklahoma State, Oklahoma to the Pac-12 thing fell through, and the Pac-12 had to get to 12 teams, and they were at 11 after inviting Colorado, and they brought you in. And somehow, for for these Utah people, that has now equated to they are now like up there with Alabama and Georgia as quality football programs. And that they're too good for the Big 12. I mean, they've literally, I mean, they, they've called the Big 12 a truck stop conference. Well, are we the Bucky's truck stop conference? Because people, if we're the Bucky's truck stop conference, they got the best bathrooms. So we'll proudly wear that honor. Um, they've called the Big 12 hillbillies. I mean, Utah, you're not Alabama, you're not Auburn, you're not Notre Dame. Just because you've gone to a couple of Rose Bowls. Washington State's been to as many Rose Bowls as you. I mean, so no, I, I just for that, just for their stupid fans, I'm saying no to Utah. Bye-bye. Go back to the whack. And then we get to Colorado. And here's here's the thing. Um, Colorado, I mean, they're, they were a former Big 12 member. They got Deion Sanders now. I mean, there's a lot of excitement around that program. And I'm tempted to say, oh, yeah, let's bring him in. I would lean more towards a no on Colorado. Now, if they bring – Colorado, I could go either way. If they bring him in, great. That's That'll be fine. It'll, it'll be cool to have them back in um, in the Big 12 again. And, hey, let's go to Boulder, road trip to Boulder. But – I'm I'm fine if they don't because I I I just don't think Colorado brings enough financially to the table to warrant an invite from the Big Twelve. So if if I was Brett Yormark and, and I'm not, uh, you know, Brett Yormark's smarter than me on this subject, I would only issue invitations to Arizona and Arizona State at this point. Um. And here's another big reason why, and it gets to the ACC. And I've talked about this on my podcast before. The ACC, that whole idea of 2036, they're all locked until 2036. I think that's a ginormous myth. And sooner rather than later, the SEC is going to raid the ACC and you will see Clemson go to the SEC, Florida State go to the SEC, maybe more. And if I'm Brett Yormark, and I've talked about this on, on here before, you need to have a plan in place on who you would like to target from the ACC to bring into the Big 12. Um, I've said it before, I think Pittsburgh would be a great addition. You get that backyard brawl into the Big 12. Louisville, you know, you initially, you know, Louisville was on that list back in 2011 when you were looking to add after A&M Missouri left and you ended up adding West Virginia. I think you can write 
a little bit of a mistake there and bring in Louisville. I think Louisville would be a great addition um, to the Big Twelve. You got and you got now you got a travel partner with Cincinnati. Um, I'd be fine with bringing in an NC State or a Virginia Tech or a Virginia. Um, I think you you're going to have options, and I think it's happening sooner rather than later. Um, I saw a news story on Friday that <coughs> excuse me. I don't have a cough button, so you got to hear me cough. Um, I saw a news story um, on Friday that Florida State is starting to ask some hard questions about is this 2036 being locked in really worth it to them? And so I would not be surprised if you start to see ACC teams looking for the exit door. Um, I saw a tweet, and, and again, it's tw- it's a tweet, so take for what it's worth, but it was talking about television money with all the new contracts in place, and the Big 12 is in number three by quite a bit, and the ACC Pac-10, Pac-12, for whatever it is now, they're in a distant bottom, and so I... I'm telling you, I think it would not surprise me to see ACC teams start to look at potentially getting out. And and I know Britt Yormark has this plan in the back of his mind. If that happens, who do you bring in? So, all right. One last thing on uh, conference expansion, and and then we're, we're going to take a break and do my tip of the week. Um Let's talk basketball only schools because one of the things that Brent Yormark has been on record saying multiple times in interviews is he feels like basketball has been undervalued in television contracts. And I really like that approach because the Big 12 is king of college basketball. Let's just be honest. All 10, all 10 of these um, universities in the Big 12 they would be at worst middle middle of the road in most other Power Five conferences, and you're only getting better. You're bringing in the number one team in the nation right now, Houston. Cincinnati has historically had a very strong basketball program. BYU, I know, has fallen on hard times, but I think they can rebound back. UCF, I think they're going to make a coaching change going into the Big Twelve, and so, but I, there's potential there. You're in Florida, so um, obviously the talk's been around around Gonzaga. Here's here's what I think. If the if the money is there, I think you you do invite Gonzaga, but I think if you invite Gonzaga, you're probably going to invite more than just one basketball only program. And that's where I think you might see a Villanova, a Creighton potentially come to the Big 12. Marquette, who knows? Well, I don't know about Marquette. Marquette location wouldn't work as well but yeah um make no mistake i think a lot of this with the basketball it's not only trying to kill the pac-12 off but i think you're taking a shot at the big east and you you, you go back and look at that television deal that the big 12 just signed there there's going to be a lot more big 12 basketball games on fox and i think that's a that's a shot at the big east and so I think a lot of this expansion talk, not only is it looking to try to kill off the Pac-12, but you're looking to kill off the, the Big East as well with this, with this type of move. So 
Anyway, that's kind of what what's what I'm thinking right now as far as expansion. Again, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. We're going to go ahead and take a break, and then when we come back, it'll be time for the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And my tip of the week, I'm going to give you a couple of movie recommendations. You know, I love to go to my movies. Uh, by the way, number uh, Movie Pass is coming back. It's a little bit different, but you you know it's still a pretty good deal. You, you can pay ten dollars to go see two movies a month, or you can go. I mean, all the way up to like thirty dollars for like five to seven movies. But anyway, that's that's another tip of the week. But so um, I went and saw um, this past week the movie Jesus Revolution, and I will be very honest with you. Most like quote unquote church movies, I'm not. I'm usually not a fan of, and it's for for, for a variety of reasons. Uh, nothing having to do with God or you know Jesus or anything like that. Usually, um, quote unquote church movies, um, they tend to be very poorly acted, poor poor production quality, and the theology tends to be very iffy at best in my in my opinion. Um. This Jesus Revolution movie, not so. You, you first of all, you've got quality um, actors. Kelsey Grammer's in it, um, and some others. Um, oh, I just I had brain fart. There's there's other well known actors and actresses in it too, but I, I don't remember them off the top of my head right now. But yeah, Kelsey Grammer's in it. Um, the story is really fascinating story. It's a story about the um, Jesus movement that took place in the 1960s going into the 1970s. Um, and it's kind of a relatable, almost connective story to today. You, you know, you have a, a culture of young people that almost seemingly are rejecting God and rejecting society. Um, but then all of a sudden, you know, they, they realize like the drugs and all the other stuff that they're doing isn't really going to isn't really fulfilling them either. And then they start, they start to turn to God. Um, and then, you know, you've got this, this church in California that starts to have this influx of hippies showing up to worship at their church. And then, you know, predictably the, the older stuffier generation has issues with it. Um, and then, but, but there's more to the story than just that, but I was really bottom line impressed by the movie thought it was a really well done movie and I would give it a recommend if, if it's playing in your um, city, which I, th- I think most cities, if it's playing in playing, uh, almost said where I live, if it's playing where I live, it's, it's probably playing in your city because um, our movie theater is like six screens and, you know, they usually just focus on the blockbusters and things like that, so Anyway, I hope everybody has a great week. Um, don't get blown away by this wind. And hey, March is coming. I'm excited about that. March, shorts weather, sunny times coming again. It'll be great. We're almost a spring break, and I will have a programming note about that coming up soon uh, after, after next week's podcast. But anyway, um, I hope everybody has a great week, and I will see you next week on The Chris Carpenter Show.